Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Fun to see families gathered today, tonight. Uh, I've been here long enough where a lot of those that have come back home for the weekend or for Christmas here are ones that were little when I was here. And and it's just uh, fascinating to see uh, God at work in in lives and to see uh, families coming back together here for the special event today and tonight. You know, there's something really miraculous about a baby. And, And that's true of every baby. Um, parents of a newborn baby look with wonder at that child. And, and besides being awed as they look and see all those perfectly formed little details of that baby, they also begin to then dream uh, about the potential of that little one. What will this child grow up to be? And people come and visit and, and they ooh and ah at that little baby. And they ask uh, what the parents have named the child. Well, over 2,020 years ago, there was a miracle baby born, more miraculous than any baby before or since. Total strangers came to see this child, and they didn't just ooh and ah, they worshipped this baby. As I was driving uh, one starlit early morning to Minneapolis to pick up a son from the airport, and listening to Michael Card sing about the wonder of that miraculous birth, it, it struck me. It was a dark time like that, um, that shepherds left their flocks and went to see that little baby. And then they went back to their flocks, and, and Scripture tells us the child's mother pondered all these things in her heart. She must have wondered to herself about the potential of that little child and, and what he would grow up to be and do, because... Uh, She had been told some amazing things about him before he was even born. And and, and actually, prophets of God had spoken over hundreds of years uh, about more than just his child's potential, but but the mission that he would be on throughout his earthly life. And and they had even declared several names that he would be given. And we're going to look tonight at, at some of those names. And as we do Notice that this child that we're talking about, this child we've sung about tonight, uh, is relevant to each and every one of us here tonight as well. I'm going to read again from Isaiah chapter 9. I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as as we read verses 6 and 7 there. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Let's pray. Lord, as we meditate tonight then on these 
words of the prophet Isaiah, pointing ahead to that time when the Messiah would come, as we recognize how he came and what he has brought for us. Uh, Lord, speak to each of our hearts today and, and point us to our personal need for him. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> The mood in, in the land of Judah, when the Old Testament prophet Isaiah spoke these words, was one of distress and darkness and gloom. Chapter 8, at the end of it, tells us of that. And the Assyrian army had moved in on the nation of Israel to the north and destroyed their capital city of Samaria, killed many, and took thousands of Israelites captive. And the people of Judah then lived in fear that they would be next. And their economy was in shambles, food was in short supply, and it was likely to get worse. I see some similarities in our world today. Certainly there are the wars that are going on in Ukraine and in the nation of Israel, where thousands have been killed and thousands more uprooted from their homes and struggling to survive. Meanwhile, in our country, in comparison, we have it pretty good. And yet we also are experiencing some challenges. We see a mass influx of illegal immigrants streaming across our southern border. Sometimes more than 10,000 in a day, and that's hard for me to grasp. Along with that, there are illegal, illegal drugs and human trafficking that has soared. We have runaway inflation. Uh, food prices have gone kind of crazy. Uh, homelessness is greatly on the increase, even in our area here in Fargo-Moorhead. And... Morality in our land has slid to new lows, where there no longer seem to be any clear standards of right and wrong. Words that used to clearly define basic things like man and woman, male and female, have lost their meanings, uh, resulting in utter gender confusion. And our national political landscape is kind of scary, to say the least, as we head into this election year. There are things that look pretty gloomy here, too and a prevailing mood of dimness and melancholy pervades our land. But Isaiah declared hope to the nation of Judah, and hope that he declared was for them, and that is still our hope today. God was going to send light into the darkness. He was going to send something that would offer hope for all people. What was that hope for all times that God promised through the prophet Isaiah? What did the world need more than anything else? What could solve the world's problems? Seems kind of simple to think of this. He says a child would be born. That, that is, a human baby would come into this world like millions of human babies before it. A, a mother would give birth to a child, and the parents would name that child Jesus. And this child would be a son. His gender was clearly defined. But what about this male child would set him apart from all others? How could he make a difference that no other male child before him could make? Well, we've sung about that, and, and you maybe noticed many of the Christmas carols we've sung have pointed us to that unique child and talked of him. Uh, he would be more than just a son. He would be the son of God. This is the miracle of the incarnation. A virgin would conceive by the Holy Spirit of God and give birth to a son, the Son of God would be born of human flesh. And, and he would be given not just then to his human parents, but God's Son given to the whole world. 
Isaiah said, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. And this child came then for you and for me. He came because you and I needed a Savior. In the Gospel of John, this child, having grown to be 30-something-year-old man, uh, declared about himself, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And in the verses right before that in John, he also declared about himself, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Well, Jesus' mother had been told that she would miraculously be with child by the Holy Spirit. She'd been told to name him Jesus, and that he would be great, and that he would be called the Son of the Most High. But she could, have, she could not have known the amazing miracles that she would witness him performing. Nor that she would one day watch him be lifted up to die, a criminal's death on a cruel cruel Roman cross, to fulfill his earthly mission as a substitute sin-bearer for the whole world. Though in hindsight, you know, in Isaiah in chapter 53, he foretold many of the details of that. In our next text, or I should say in our text for this evening, what, what else then do we see here? What did Isaiah declare about this child that, that God would send? and um, What sets him apart from all others? Well, there's, he mentions the child's name. And, and I don't know if you noticed, uh, in the Fargo Forum just the other day, it listed the most popular names for babies born in Sanford Hospital in the last year. <laughs> and I find it kind of amusing um, that for girls, my mother's name, Charlotte was at the very top of the list. And uh, for boys, two of my dad, um, the Quanbeck uncles, were at the top of the list, uh, Henry and Oliver. You know, in our society, uh, names trend in and out. And it's interesting how they cycle around. Um, But they're often picked just because the parents liked that name for whatever reason. But as we look at the names that are given to Jesus in Scripture, there's much more to it than that. This child born to Mary would have many names, you might say, and each of them would describe him, and, and together they would sum up then his person and his character. In Isaiah 7, um, there it told us that a mother would call his name Emmanuel. And in, in Matthew chapter 1, there it, it references this and, and explains that Emmanuel means God with us. Well, what other names does Isaiah here uh, ascribe to this child that would be born to us? One of them is Wonderful Counselor, or a wonder of a counselor. That this child would be a counselor beyond any others. He'd be a supernatural counselor. And you know, these days I hear of more people than ever going to a counselor to get help to sort out their lives. And that's good, providing that they're getting good advice. But not all advice is wise or good. Plenty is not. And what depressed and discouraged people need is, is not advice to just quit feeling guilty about anything and do whatever feels good, whatever feels right for you. We, we all need a counselor who will level with us. And it will help us to see that our biggest problem is a strained relationship with our Creator God, which has been brought on by our own bad choices and our own rebellion against His plans for our lives. And Jesus is the supernatural counselor that we need who helps us to see our sins and confess them, but also then offers us full forgiveness for them. 
And that then clears our conscience and enlightens the load like nothing else can. Some of us might hesitate to go see a counselor, but we maybe are dealing with some things in our lives that nobody else knows about or that nobody else understands. We can still talk to the wonderful counselor, to Jesus, about these things. He understands like no other. There's another name Isaiah ascribes to this child born to us, and that is Mighty God, which explains that he, as the Son of God, would be unlimited in power. You know, we humans constantly find ourselves in situations that are beyond our control. We, we end up helpless to solve relationship problems at times. We end up dealing with financial costs beyond our ability to generate funds. We end up encountering health crisis with no human solutions. We end up dealing with addictions that we're helpless to break free from. But this child that Isaiah said God would send would be mighty God in the flesh who would come and live among mankind and identify with us and then suffer and die on the cross but also then powerfully rise from the dead. And after ascending back up into heaven, he would send his Holy Spirit to live within us and to empower us as his followers and to help us send through every hardship in life that life brings along. Isaiah also calls this child born for us everlasting father. All earthly fathers and father figures are temporary. Some leave their families. All of them eventually will when they die. But, but Jesus is alive forevermore and always available to us. And this name everlasting father also can be translated the father of eternity. We look to Jesus as the author of and the bestower of eternal life, who has promised that one day he'll take all believers from this world of sorrow to himself in heaven. And the fourth name that Isaiah mentions here about that child that would be born is Prince of Peace. Folks in Israel and Judah living with the results of war and the threat of more to come longed for a leader, a, a prince, who would bring a lasting peace to their world. Well, as we are quite aware of these days, there still is no lasting peace in that region of the world. And all other peace between nations on this earth is fragile, to say the least. And not until folks in the Middle East turn from their sin and hatred of others to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can there ever be peace among those nations. But you see, there can still be peace in individual hearts. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. The peace that Jesus brings into individual hearts can't be duplicated by anyone else because only he, the sinless Son of God, could in human flesh then bear on the cross the wrath of God that we sinners deserved and thus provide forgiveness and restoration with our Creator. And that Peace is something that is received in individual hearts when we believe God's word and we rest in the promise that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, besides those four names that Isaiah mentions in these verses, um, what else does he describe concerning him? As you look at verses 6 and 7, there you also see then some information about this child's reign. Uh, this, this child born in poverty would be a king of sorts, but not a king of an earthly kingdom with geographical boundaries. Um, Isaiah said about this child 
that would be born, the government will rest on his shoulders. You know, every earthly government leader is subject to selfish ambition and, to, and, and vulnerable to corruption. And they all end up disappointing us in some way or another. The people in Judah and Israel had experienced plenty of that. And, and as any nations had invaded, they would then tax and enslave citizens and put heavy burdens on their shoulders. In verse 4 here, if you look back, Isaiah describes that burden then being taken off of the people's shoulders and says concerning the Christ child that the government would be placed on his shoulder. And I think it's good for us to remember that as we watch, as we see in state, national, and world politics. Remember, nothing can happen which God doesn't allow, and he's still on the throne, and he allows what he does to accomplish his purposes. And no matter what transpires among earthly kingdoms, he's setting up a heavenly kingdom in the hearts and the lives of those who follow his son. Verse 7 tells us concerning the scope of his reign, That'll be ever increasing. Um, of the increase of his government and of peace, there'll be no end. And, and it t- tells us of the ancestry of the Christ child, that he would come from this kingly bloodline of Israel's famous king, David. And, and in our Bibles, we have in the, in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, thorough uh, genealogies tracing back to King David. Isaiah also speaks about the ability and, and the duration of, of the Christ child's reign, uh, of the increase of his government, of peace will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it from this time forth and forevermore. You know, ever since the Christ child as, as a man of 30 began his earthly ministry, the kingdom of God has been advancing. And it advanced through the 12 disciples and other faithful followers of Jesus, and it has continued to advance all over the globe. And it's fascinating to me to consider how it is that it advances. It is through ordinary people like those lowly shepherds who first heard of the child's birth, and then it tells us they made known the statement that had been told them about this child. That kingdom continues to advance as we today gather here, for instance, each Sunday, and worship Jesus Christ, and encourage each other to invite others to come And we tell others of the hope that we have in Jesus for this life and for eternity. Then we are a part of dispelling the gloom around us and shining the eternal light of Jesus Christ to people in darkness and sin and still needing a Savior. Isaiah also describes here the quality or the tone of the reign of the Christ child. says to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. Though all earthly kingdoms are subject to inequities and injustices, Jesus sets up a spiritual kingdom where justice and righteousness is upheld. And it's really a counterculture then where the Son of God is on the throne. So I ask you tonight, have you come to know the Christ child that God promised through the Old Testament prophets for centuries and whom he sent into the world over 2,000 years ago, to be born of the Virgin Mary? Have you come to know him as your Savior from sin, as your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace? If so, then join us in worshiping him tonight, this Christmas Eve, 
and then also in spreading the light of the Christ child to the rest of the world. And if, you're not, and if you're one who has not yet responded in your heart to him, you can do that even tonight, even as we come toward the end of our service here and we light candles and we sing Silent Night. Be reminded this Christ child came for you and he wants you to know forgiveness of your sin and eternal life by trusting in him, the, the child that was sent to be your savior. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for your amazing word and for the prophets that declared down through the centuries of, of the Messiah that would come and Lord for what Isaiah told us here tonight and Lord we pray that you would help each one of us as we go through the challenges of this life and as we see the darkness around us and, and even within us that, that we would look up and see the light of the world as Jesus and, and Lord that we would look to him each day and live in daily repentance and faith knowing forgiveness of our sin and the promise of eternal life and the difference that makes in changing our hearts and in how we look at this world and how we deal with people around us may we be part of spreading that light and Lord if there be those who don't know you personally that even tonight uh, your Holy Spirit would draw them to yourself and, and encourage them that this, this Savior came for them that there is forgiveness as they look to him tonight. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.